Good morning, everyone. Thanks for being here. It is great to see you this morning. We are excited to be together. We are. You know, I love being a parent. And one of the things that I love the most about being a parent is getting to watch our girls try new things. And they're nine and 11 now. So we've had ample opportunities to try new things. And, and Usually, when they're trying something new, there's this element of uncertainty. There's a little bit of nervousness. Sometimes there's fear. Um, they're not sure if they can do it. And so Micah and I have caught ourselves saying to them, just trust me. Just trust me and go for it because we're right here with you. You can do this. Things like walking when they were just teeny tiny or things like riding a bike. Oh, that was a big deal and scary for both of them. Uh, a couple years ago, we, we went to a lake with some friends and they got to ride inner tubes for the first time. And, and the first time they got out there, they're like, we want you sitting on the inner tube with us because mm -hmm. we're nervous. And in each of those cases, we got to walk alongside them and say, hey, trust me, you can do this. And it was their trust and their belief in us and the relationship that we have with them that propelled them to try something new. So trust and belief in someone or something propels us into action. Absolutely. So today we're going to continue uh, a three-part series that we began last week. Um, and if you've been a part of our church for a while, if you were meeting with us prior to COVID, um, you heard uh, pretty much every week a statement of belong, believe, become. From the beginning of the church, we dreamed of a faith community in which belonging came first. Wherever you're at in your faith journey or your walk of life, you are welcome in this community. You belong here and we will walk together. Um, uh, so belong, believe. Uh, we believe in Jesus and we invite people to put their hope in him. Uh, at which time the Holy Spirit does remarkable work in our lives, uh, transforming us and enabling us to become the people we were created to be. Um, and so belong, believe, become. And last week we introduced kind of this vision statement of, of what this looks like. Um, uh, the vision statement being a community of Jesus followers participating in God's good work in our neighborhoods and the world. And um, this in encapsulates that idea of belong, believe, become. And today we're going to lean into this idea of belief. And belief is a very powerful thing. What we believe about ourselves, what we believe about others, what we believe about our world and, and just what's possible for us and our world. These are these beliefs affect everything. They affect how we make decisions. They affect how we interact with each other. Um, they affect how we live in, in a very real way. And often they play a big role in determining um, who we become. And so we want to ask today, what does it mean to believe? And to believe simply means to trust in something or someone or to put our faith in someone or something and to rely on that someone or something. So it's more than just an intellectual thing. It's more than just knowing. Um, it's also a, a knowledge, a, a belief that spurs on action. Absolutely. So today, as we consider this idea of belief, um, we're going to look in a number of different places, mm -hmm. but primarily we're going to lean into the story of a man named Peter. You might have heard the expression that seeing is believing. Um, and uh, there is truth, truth to that, uh, though belief is a broader subject than that. 
What we want to do today is look at the story of a man named Peter who walked with mm-hmm. Jesus, who saw Jesus, who listened to Jesus. And we want to look at his story towards belief, his story as he, the ups and the downs, the mm-hmm. good and the bad, as he uh, walked with Jesus moving towards this place of belief. So Peter's journey with Jesus began while he was uh, fishing on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. Uh, Peter and his family were fishermen. They were not elites in Israelite Mm -hmm. society, uh, but ordinary working people. And Jesus approaches uh, on the shore and he calls out to Peter and Peter's brother, who's named Andrew. And he says, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. He says, come follow me and I will transform the way you live and operate. And Peter and his brother, Andrew, uh, they drop everything and they walk away and begin to follow this man, Jesus. And as Peter follows Jesus, he witnesses and experiences Jesus as a healer. There's many, many stories um, in scripture of Jesus healing people. There's one specific story in Matthew 8 that stands out to me. It's it's when Jesus visited Peter's home, one of the times that he visited Peter's homes. And as he entered Peter's home, um, the text tells us that Peter's mother-in-law was sick in bed with a fever and Jesus heals his mother-in-law, and and she's able to get up. And so word gets out in the neighborhood that Jesus is at Peter's house and he he is healing people. And so that evening, it's a revolving door. Uh, People just keep coming, bringing uh, their friends and their family who are sick, and Jesus heals them right there in Peter's home. So Peter witnessed on his own turf Jesus healing people Mm, and even people dear to him yeah yeah. and so as they travel from town to town crowds of thousands of people would follow wanting to hear the words of Jesus and so Jesus would teach and Peter got to be in the front seat uh, Mm -hmm. as he listened to the things that Jesus said in one occasion found in Matthew chapters uh, five through seven uh, it's called the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus sits down on a hillside on a mountain and he begins to teach And he begins to describe this kingdom of God um, in very different terms Mm -hmm. than the kingdoms of the world or than the way Israel was operating in the season. And so he describes things like, you are blessed even when you're persecuted. Mm -hmm. You are blessed when you are meek, when you are humble, because this kingdom of God operates differently and you are receiving Mm -hmm. this kingdom. And Peter listened as he taught. He said things like, you are the salt and the light of the world. You have a purpose in this world. Live into that purpose. He says, don't hate even your enemies. He said, speak truthfully. Give to those in need. He said, pray. Prayer is powerful. And so Peter got to experience in his journey with Jesus the way that he taught, the way he described the world in entirely different terms than most did. So Peter experienced Jesus as a healer and as a teacher and also as a miracle worker. Um, So many miracles recorded in the gospel. In Matthew 14, it describes one one such day in which Jesus has been teaching the crowds. He's been healing those who are sick. And there's this miraculous multiplication of food. And towards the end of the day, Jesus wants to spend some time alone in prayer. So he sends his disciples um, to the other side of the lake um, on a boat. He says, you guys go ahead. Go on ahead of me. I'm going to spend some time in prayer. And that's what Jesus does. However, that night a storm rolls in and the wind and the waves 
kick up and the disciples are rowing, but they're just not making progress. They're stuck out on the lake in this, in this very chaotic storm. And Jesus comes down from the mountainside where he was praying and he begins to walk towards them on top of the water. And when they see this person walking towards them, they're scared. I mean, imagine it's strange event, not a yeah. normal sight. They're scared and they're frightened. And it, then all of a sudden they realize that, oh, this is Jesus. And so Peter calls out and he says, hey, if it's really you, Jesus, let me come to you on the water. Let me walk on water like you're walking on water. And in this, and Jesus says, yes. And so in this moment of great courage and um, just faith, incredible faith, Peter steps out of the boat in the middle of the storm. And I imagine, you know, him testing. I don't know if this is how it went, but as I imagine it, he's testing the water and sure enough, he can stand on it. And so he walks out and I imagine him rising and falling with the waves as he's walking on the waves. And Jesus is right there with him. Jesus, the miracle worker, as his, as his fear um, takes over, Jesus grabs him and helps him get back on the boat. So in a very real sense, Peter not only witnessed, but experienced um, Jesus as a miracle worker. Yeah, so as they traveled with Jesus, as they followed him, they experienced him as a healer and a teacher and a miracle worker. And there came a time in their journey, um, it's told in, in Matthew chapter 16, in which Jesus turns to his closest followers, mm -hmm. Peter and the other apostles, and he says, um, so who do people say that I am? And they kind of run the gamut. Oh, you know, you're Elijah, you're a prophet, you're um, a teacher or a healer or a rabbi. And, and, and he looks them in the eyes and he says, but who do you believe that I am? Who, who am I? And uh, Peter always, almost always, the first to speak up, the first to take action. Very bold. He's spontaneous, <laughs> and I love uh, his character as he steps out. He's the first to speak mm -hmm. up, and he says, you are the Messiah. You're the Son of God, and you are our hope. This is that first time that he's able to articulate, and mm -hmm. in the presence of Jesus, this is who I believe that you are. Peter continues to follow Jesus, and he was there the day Jesus was arrested. And it's told in multiple Gospels. He was there at the Last Supper when Jesus told his disciples that Judas would betray him. He was there in the Garden of Gethsemane when a crowd of people with swords and clubs sent by the religious leaders and led by Judas came to arrest Jesus. And Peter he was on fire. He was ready to fight and to defend Jesus. He was right there next to Jesus. And as the crowd approaches and as their intention is clear what they're there to do, he pulls out his sword and he starts to fight. And he actually cuts off the ear of the high priest's servant. And um, I can imagine his face of his surprise and shock as Jesus stops him and Jesus says, no, Peter, put your sword away. And Jesus actually heals the man that Peter had injured. And he watches as Jesus willingly goes with this mob. 
Yeah, and so Jesus is put on trial um, first by the Israelite leaders, mm -hmm. and Peter follows, and he's sitting by a fire nearby watching, and um, people start to recognize him and to say, you're one of those Jesus followers, and fearful for his life, he denies it, and more people come and say, mm -hmm. no, you're one of them, and three times, even calling curses down on himself, if he is, mm -hmm. he denies being a part of this Jesus movement. Jesus witnessed, I mean, Peter, Peter witnessed the day when no one really believed. And that was the day that Jesus was publicly executed. Uh, Jesus had told his disciples that he would die and that he would raise from the dead. He told them this many times, but they didn't quite understand it. They didn't quite get it. And, and so they watched in horror as these events unfolded, as Jesus was tortured and as he was hung on a cross and executed. Luke um, describes in, in Luke chapter 23 how a large number of people just followed Jesus and how the women who, who were following Jesus were weeping and wailing and mourning for him. His mother was, was one of them. And Luke also describes how all who knew him stood at a distance and watched these things unfold. And it seemed like the end. And I, I imagine that it seemed like the end to Peter and it was not the end he had anticipated or he wanted. Um, it probably felt like things were going horribly wrong. Peter had believed that Jesus was the Messiah, that he would make everything right that was broken and wrong. And yet here was Jesus being killed in front of everybody. Yeah. And after he was uh, crucified, he was buried in a tomb. And, and yet three days later, the women are on the, the way mm -hmm. to the tomb and they arrive there and, uh, and they see that the stone had been rolled back and an angel appears to them and, and says, why are you looking for the living amongst the dead? And I can only imagine as they stand in shock and confusion and the angel says, he has risen, go mm -hmm. and tell the apostles. And so they do. And Peter and John run to the tomb. And again, Peter, the first to act, steps into the tomb and finds it empty. And people start to gather, like wondering what is what is going on, curious about what has happened to Jesus. And Jesus begins to appear to his followers. He appears to hundreds of people after he has risen. And on one such occasion, Peter had asked um, some of the his his buddies, some of the disciples, to go fishing with him, and so they were out fishing on the Sea of Galilee, and they'd fished all night and caught nothing. And coming in from that fishing trip in the early morning, they saw a man on the shore, and this man called out to them and uh, suggested that they cast their nets on the other side of the boat, which, I mean, it's a small boat casting on one side or the other. It really, really doesn't matter. Not, not a big difference. No, so. um, but, but they do. They cast the nets on the other side of the boat and they catch so many fish that they're unable to haul the boat in. And at this moment, um, John realizes that it's Jesus. And he says that, and Peter wraps his clothes tightly around him and he jumps off the boat and he swims to shore to see Jesus. And when he gets there, Jesus has a fire going and has bread and the other disciples come and they cook up some fish and they have breakfast. And Jesus speaks specifically to Peter at this meal. You know, Peter had denied Jesus three times. And so Peter, uh, Jesus gives Peter 
three different opportunities to affirm his love and his commitment to him. He asked Peter three times, do you love me? And each time Peter says, yes, I love you. And Jesus charges Peter with the task to care and to feed his sheep. So care for and feed my sheep. And this is figurative language. We've talked about this a couple weeks ago, how Jesus was a great shepherd and those who follow him are the sheep. And Jesus is telling Peter, okay, then take care of my followers. Yeah. And so Peter does. In fact, Peter becomes a central figure in the church that begins mm-hmm. in Jerusalem. The Holy Spirit comes and people begin to declare Jesus is alive and he is our savior, our hope. And Christianity began there in Jerusalem. Peter central in this mm-hmm. church that would soon spread throughout all of the world. So there's many aha moments for Peter along this journey of belief. There's one especially pivotal moment, and it marks the central belief of Christianity. And that's when Jesus rose from the dead. Now, Jesus was this incredible person. He was a good person. He was kind. He was loving. He did amazing things. And he also made some pretty huge claims about his divine identity and where his power came from. And Peter believed and many others believed in Jesus. And yet when he was killed, everything he said and everything he had done kind of came into question. I mean, could he really be the the, the one uh, who he said he was? Could he really be? who he said he was, and the resurrection answers that question, that yes, Jesus really is who he claimed to be. So who is this Jesus? In the experience of a man named Peter who walked with him, he was Mm. a teacher, he was a healer, he was a miracle worker, and he was a man whom Peter became convinced was the Son of God, was the Messiah. He was crucified, Mm. then he rose again, and he appeared to hundreds of people, Sarah said this is a weird statement, but it's what comes to mind. Mm -hmm. Jesus is my hero, and I believe Jesus is our hope. Mm -hmm. Similarly to Peter's journey, many of us are on a journey of belief. And to be self-aware and introspective in this journey is important. And to ask hard questions and to explore deeply what we believe is important. Life throws so much at us and there's so many ups and downs and we experience joy and sorrow. We experience peace and also suffering. We have those comfortable, easy moments and then we have big challenges to to overcome. It reminds me of a story found in Mark 9 of a father's plea to Jesus. A father had brought his son to Jesus to be healed And Jesus had asked him, do you believe that I can do this? Do you think that I can do this? And the father says, yes, I believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really powerful statement because the father is self-aware enough to know that both belief and unbelief exist in him at the same time. But in all of this, he chooses to move towards Jesus and ask Jesus to help him believe more fully. Yeah. You know, our experience is not exactly like Peter's. Mm -hmm. We didn't get to walk with him in the same way. And yet 
we have heard the words of Jesus passed on by those that walked with him. And many of us have seen and experienced remarkable things that revolve around Jesus in our lives. And so the question we ask today is, what do you believe? You know, Sarah mentioned in the beginning, belief is powerful. It will affect the way that we live, the ways that we interact. It will affect where we place our hope in this life. And today you're invited to believe in Jesus, to believe in his vision for this world, a humanity that Mm -hmm. operates in unity with concern for each other. Uh, You're invited to believe as a part of this community dedicated to the good work that God is doing in this world. As we talk about belief and this journey of belief, it's easy to focus in on Peter, to focus in on ourselves as if we are the main characters. Mm-hmm. And, and it's important that we need to be self-aware, asking questions, asking ourselves what it is, how, how we're doing on this journey. Um, but it's also important to recognize that God is the main character in our story. And our story is just a small part of the greater narrative of God's story of his relationship with creation. And, and the beautiful thing is this by no means diminishes our stories. Rather, it elevates our story because we get to be a part of a narrative much bigger than ourselves, a narrative with God at the center, with powerful acts of love and healing. John 3, 16 and 17 say this, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, but to save the world through him. And in believing in Jesus, in following Jesus, we're invited to join in God's story, God's narrative, this narrative of love and healing and miracles and unity and equality and caring for each other. We're invited to believe and become co-workers with God in his story. Yeah. So may we believe and may that belief take action. Uh, May God strengthen us in our unbelief and may we be adopted into the family of God, participating in all that he's doing in this world. I invite you to pray with me over that. Dear God, we just thank you for this invitation. Thank you, Lord, for your love and your your open arms. Lord, we thank you for Jesus. Jesus, we thank you for for walking here on earth, Lord, so that um, people like Peter could experience you in, in this very real way and we can read about it. Lord, we thank you for the Holy Spirit that walks with us. God, we ask that you would help us in our unbelief, Lord, we we believe and we also ask that you would help us in our unbelief and that how we live how we operate lord would come out of our belief in you in jesus name amen amen 
So um, as you contemplate and, and kind of process this idea of belief, we have a song for you to consider, to, to listen to. It's called This I Believe, and it's by Hillsong. Now, the words of the song are largely um, taken from the Apostles' Creed, mm-hmm. one of the earliest creeds, one of the earliest statements of faith that was passed through the church, saying, this is what we believe about uh, our Father who's mm-hmm. everlasting, about the Holy Spirit and Jesus, about the Trinity, the God who is three in one. It, it, the song will go on to say, I believe in the resurrection and that we will rise mm-hmm. again. I believe that forgiveness is found in Jesus. It's a pretty beautiful song, and I hope that you get an opportunity to listen to this and, uh, and to find blessing in it this week. Thanks so much for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you next week. Bye, everyone.